0: Welcome to Two Men On, ladies and gentlemen.
1: 110%. Killer cards. Oh, oh yeah, I remember, I remember that one. Where you are. I was telling you so, suck. You know what? I, I quit. I really quit. The Kwame brown of fantasy baseball. I'm waiting on somebody to <laughs> say that. Wait for real party calling, right? Yeah. You're ready, just already. <laughs> <laughs> Which two men are on. T
2: M O, baby. That's hot.
3: mo 28, it's a nail-biting time to call the North Division home. Who can we expect on top when the book is closed on the regular season, and what does it mean for a very hotly contested wildcard race? Plus, there's new blood in the BDL, and he's here today to tell us why the Panthers, er, Gooey Ducks, won't be down and out for very long. You're listening to BDL Radio. This is Two Men On.
4: Yeah, Scotty, nail-biting time, I th- I'd like to call this clobbering time, uh, if I can reference the Fantastic Four, baby, with the North Division. Um, we're down to the two-week mark, and uh, the wildcard chase is uh, more epic than ever. Um, last year's uh, finals, uh, participants are making their last-minute push, um, and it could come at the expense of half of the North Division. Welcome to TMO. This is Johnny the Killer Car Company. And I'm joined as usual by Scotty of the Gens. What's up, man?
3: Hey man, good to be here again. We are, yeah, getting ready to talk some uh, some crazy, crazy wildcard action. This um, really might be one of the uh, one of the best wildcard races that we have seen in in, in league history. It probably is. Um, just crazy competitive right now with, with five teams that are are still contending for those last two playoff spots. And uh, it's, it's just really hard to tell right now how, uh, how it's going to shake out uh, in these final three weeks. Um, I think by the time pretty much everybody listens to this show, you're going to be down to almost – or down to the last two weeks left in the season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, some, some, some really neat storylines going on. I mean, you're looking at uh, the, the presumed uh, North Division winner – According to uh, according to preseason opinion, the Portsmouth Wallabies they're sitting at the at the top of the wild card standings instead of the top of the northern division. I, I know that must make you awfully happy, Johnny.
4: Well, they're they're a half game back. It's not. I think um, it's interesting because while it, the north division is going to be tough, we all have to play each other. Um, it's we're actually playing for. Uh, any one of three spots, you know, because the, the division's up for grabs between the three of us. Um, the Amish are only four and a half behind me, um, so even if I don't get the division, um, I could shoot for either one of the wild cards. Um, I think we have that going for us, but uh, right now, I think the Amish are on the outside looking in, aren't they?
3: Uh, they are. In fact, the Amish are the uh, top bubble team, uh, bubble playoff team right now with a a, a record of uh, or a winning percentage of uh, 564, they top just barely the the Rockets right now at 558, and the Epidemic at 533. Um, the season ended today. Our two wild cards would be, uh, of course, the Wallabies in, at the top wild card position at 586, and right behind them, the uh, the surging Damage at 583. So, uh, don't really think that's how things are going to look after the uh, next three weeks are have concluded, Johnny. But uh, for now, um, that's what it looks to be. Um, you know, Two-time defending uh, former champion damage, really making a surge uh, these last few weeks. And uh, that, coupled with really a, a, a sharp drop by the Wallabies, is, has really created some uh, some excitement in the standings, in the wild card standings. And uh, it, it should be a fun uh, final few weeks. And I think something that you and I had kind of talked about uh, via email a little bit, uh, before the show was how some of these these matchups going into the final three weeks and starting this week um, they they kind of feel like playoff contests already because we have so many teams that are still fighting for their for their uh, lives in this in this regular season
4: uh, yeah it's totally felt like the playoffs um, day one of, of my uh, contest versus the Amish uh, was as intense as a playoff matchup and I haven't wanted wanted to write it on the boards uh Simply because I know someone's gonna bring up my playoff record, <laughs> and I'm hopeful that uh, I actually win these weeks. Um, but you you mentioned the damage uh, making a making a strong push. I had predicted what 150 some wins for them. You did, and the only team I I think that has a shot right now at anywhere near that number is I think your team. Um, you're probably gonna cruise in into the playoffs, uh, the first seed. I'm thinking.
3: Yeah, it, it's looking that way. Um, in fact, if if we take just a second to break down the seeds and let's just assume right now for the sake of of this discussion if the seeds or let's just assume that they hold hold steady what they are right now you have one to four and uh, uh, representing the division winners plus the the first two wild cards the first round would look like this you would have the killer cars um, at the at the three seed taking on the NorCal damage they're in the sixth seed. That would be the round one matchup. And the, the second round one matchup would be the Milwaukee Bears, who would be, the, uh, of course, the South representative, the South winner, uh, versus the uh, uh, number five overall seed, the Portsmouth Wallabies. So, um, you know, I, I don't re- know really what to expect from the South winner right right now in the playoffs, Johnny. I mean, uh, at, at present, if you look at the, st- at, look at the standings, they're playing sub. Uh, a sub 500 ball um, in the BDL. So it's, it's going to be an interesting, um, interesting thing to watch whether the beers can actually uh, make any noise in the playoffs. I, I think a, a lot of people are probably writing them off as terms of a, in terms of, as a playoff threat and probably rightly so at this juncture. But uh, uh, again, if the seeds hold, uh, in the semifinal round, what I think is a potentially uh, interesting storyline here, Johnny, is that um, the top seed in the league, whether it ends up being the damage or the cramps, um, could potentially draw the damage, should the damage get by their uh, round one opponent. And, uh, you know, for, for a first seed to be playing a, a team like the Surging Damage, and we all know their reputation in the playoffs, uh, that, that's not a very comforting thought so uh, an an interesting dynamic here we're seeing toward the end of the season with such a strong team uh, possibly anchoring the final playoff seed.
4: Yeah, I mean, um, there's a couple things you touched on there. Uh, definitely with the damage I've been saying for years now, they're the toughest out in the BDL once you get to the playoffs, the way they build their team. and um, He's got so much experience. Um, I know a lot of it's luck in the playoffs, but... Um, You look at his team, and and he's going to be there with either one of the top two seeds, I think, now that uh, he's getting healthy and they're coming on. Um, I played the Bulldogs in the championship and lost to him. I played the damage uh, the year before and in the finals also. There's no question I'd rather play the Bulldogs again. (laughs) Um, The damage... I can't say enough about uh... The, their history um, kinda hoping I don't have to face them in round one uh, kinda hoping I make the playoffs uh... but that's where um, kinda anything can happen and you had you had mentioned uh... the beers and we're unsure of how you know what kind of contenders they're gonna be um, he's very lucky he's, he's gonna have a playoff seed uh... you know pretty much locked in um, and once you get there he. He's been fairly consistent. His guys are fairly consistent, so it depends on who he faces at, as well as you know how they're playing at the time because I think his team's going to come to play.
3: Yeah, and you know looking again at his at his at, at the Beers projected first round opponent, at least for the time being, the Wallabies, you know they' they're really fighting for their playoff lives right now I and mean, we, we, we can talk a lot you know about the the Amish Brotherhood and, and the Rockets and so forth as you know they're right now on the outside looking in. But uh, you know, I, I think another interesting storyline, you know, lies there in Portsmouth, um, because they are, you know, they were one of the more touted uh, uh, preseason teams for this 2012 BDL season, and you know, they're they're really clawing to stay, uh, you know, within within reach of of, uh, of a of a decent seed here for the playoffs, or maybe even uh, might be looking at a possible out um, if if things continue down the path that they have been, in the last month for the Wallabies have been just uh, dismal. Uh, they played sub-500 ball, had a, had a record of uh, 14-23-3, winning only one matchup over the previous four weeks. And basically the Wallabies got hammered by the East Division. Um, I think their lone win that month came against the epidemic, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I, I kind of pose this question to you, Johnny, and that is... Um, you know, right now the Wallabies are looking, looking like the top wild card. Um, but as close as everything is, as bunched up as these teams are, anything could still happen over three weeks. If the Wallabies do miss the playoffs, if, if, they, if they fall out of the playoff bracket, would, they be, would that be considered the, the single biggest disappointment of the regular season given their preseason hype?
4: the regular season wow um i i'm not I, first of all i don't think they're going to miss the playoffs uh let's get that out of the way but if they do i still don't think i would consider them the biggest disappointment um to me um the damage were so accomplished and um you know we all thought brian was going to be good uh n- no way did we think he was going to kind of lap the damage and uh Get that distance uh, between them, them two. Um, I I still have to think. Even if the damage make the playoffs, that's kind of the biggest disappointment for me. Uh, for for me, I kind of see it shaking out like this. Um, I know it's kind of pretty much how we discussed. Except I see the Wallabies in the sixth seed and a damage in the fifth seed. Um, the Wallabies play myself next week and then the Amish the week after. Um, they could certainly win both matchups. It's going to be tough. Um, damage are kind of on a roll. I think they'll be able to eclipse them because let me give you some stats here. The cars uh, of the teams not, uh, you know, guaranteed a spot right, right yet. The cars are at the top and they're leading the North Division. The Wallabies are half game behind us, and a half game behind them are the Damage. Um, four and a half games back from the cars are the Amish. Five and a half games back of the rocket, and with a glimmer of hope, the epidemic are ten games back um let's say nine and a half out of that top wild card, nine out of the second wild card so if the Amish or the rockets are going to do anything um, it's it's got to happen now, and it, that may impact um it may, may impact the wallabies,
3: yeah, for sure um I think so. It's 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 just so interesting. Interesting, you know. Often, often we've had divisional races come down to the wire. You know, almost every year we have a couple divisions that are down to the wire, but rarely are wild card bubble teams in this league in the mix, um, or this much in the mix, really, uh, three weeks or less out of the out of the playoffs. And uh, so it, it, we're, we're kind of in uncharted waters a little bit. Um, I know we've had some, some some you know high bubble teams in the past that have just just missed the cut, but to have this many that are still right on the verge, it's 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 pretty cool to watch. Um, Johnny, here here are my final seed playoff seed predictions uh, for the end of the year, and you can tell me whether or not you agree with these. Um, I have the Generals coming in at the top seed with uh, the uh, first buy. Of course, East Division uh, champions. The uh, Crawford Cramps coming in number two, the West Division champions, with the, the second bye. I have the Killer Cars, uh, the three seed, winning the North, and of course, rounding out the divisional winners, uh, the Milwaukee Bears at number four, winning the South. I'm going to give the nod to the damage for the top wild card. I, I think they're going to be there in the end. And I'm honestly going to give the nod to the, to the Rockets for that, uh, for that second wild card spot. Um, I, I think they're going to, you know, I've not seen, um, you know, or from from what I have seen from the Wallabies here the the, the past few weeks, I'm just not confident at this point in time in their ability to seal the deal. Um, you know, I I know Brent is looking really forward to, to another playoff run. Hasn't had one since Oh six. So, um, uh, you know, for his sake, I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, but but I you know uh you know, you, you look at these like we discussed a few minutes ago, some of these matchups feeling like, like playoff contests right now and, and we're watching the Rockets and the Bulldogs this week and um uh you know, I, I just I feel like that's that that's that's how it's gonna come down.
4: Yeah, it 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 is amazing. Uh I don't see the Rockets uh overtaking um the wallabies. I I think they got uh too much left. They're still they're up on the Double downs this week, and uh, you have to remember it's not a terribly disappointing season for Portsmouth. Um, I guess it will be if they don't make the playoffs. But I think currently, both myself and Brent probably have more wins this year than I did all of last regular season. I'm trying to load here my computer. um, It's a little slow to get last year's record, but we're we're playing at a much higher pace. This is exactly what. I've been thinking. I knew the Amish and the Wallabies were getting better, and um, I've been pushed by them. So I think there's a good shot we get two teams out of the north, and uh, I'm actually hoping for three. We will see. Um, I just can't let up on the Amish right now. I'm playing <laughs> off Brent for that well, I, division title.
3: I, I, I don't think it's quite realistic at, at this point. It was at a certain point in the season um, you know, the notion that there will be three North teams in the playoffs, I, I just, I, I think that opportunity has passed for the division to pull that off. Um, it could be wrong, but I just think that, uh, NorCal is going to finish the season much too strongly for that to happen. <laughs> um, but, uh, backing up a minute to, um, to the beers and just looking at the South again, and I know we've, we've become South bashers on this show for this, this entire year, but, um, it's it's out there and it's something we have to discuss. So, um, Johnny, how do you how do you think that the 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 remaining bubble teams? Again, let's assume, for the sake of argument for this show, that the the uh, the standings remain uh, static as they are today. Um, you've got the Amish Brotherhood, the Rockets, and the Epidemic all on the outside looking in on that playoff bubble. The interesting thing is they all three have above five hundred records. Um, couple of them uh, are approaching 600, um, or at least on the, on the better side of 600. But what's most notable, they all three have a better record than the Milwaukee Bears, the presumed South Division winner at this moment. Um, if that ends up occurring, uh, Johnny, by the end of the season, how do you think those three teams are going to feel?
4: Probably pretty shitty. <laughs> I, I don't know that you could do anything about that, and I don't know that I have any uh wise opinions on what that means uh I don't think we're gonna go changing any formats because of it um it's it's more recognition that the east and the north um are are really challenging divisions right now and um hopefully with the addition of uh connor now and uh with what the rebels and the um mavericks are doing along with the beers uh they're gonna be uh on their way up and, and kind of keeping um We'll be keeping them out out of the playoffs.
3: <laughs> well, one final question for you, and uh, you can tell me if you have anything else to add for this segment, but with uh, you know the, the top two teams in the league, the Generals and the Cramps, uh, uh, they're, they're still running very closely. I, 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 I don't have the exact number of games behind in front of you. Maybe you could eyeball that quickly for us, Johnny. I'm not sure, but um, I, I think the Cramps are only behind the Generals, what, maybe about three, four games or something at this point. Um, with both teams still running so closely together with three three weeks remaining, um, I know we've already kind of given our, our, our end-of-year uh, seeding predictions, but what do you think the odds will be that there will be a change at the top before the season ends?
4: Change at the top, let's see. We're looking at uh, 127, 47, and 6 for yourself and uh, 124, 48, and 8 for the cramps. So that's... You know, between two and three games, somewhere around there. Um, I definitely think there's a possibility. I mean, if you're predicting the Rockets to make the playoffs, um, (laughs) they have to play you again still, right? Uh, The Rockets do. Uh, The Generals get the Rockets uh, next week. Um, The uh, Cramps get, let's see, they're playing the Woo right now. They get the Elevation still. The Uh, Cramps
3: do have to play the Damage one more time as well.
4: Yeah, yeah, you got to play the Bulldogs, who, um, I'll tell you what, if you've been watching, if you've been watching the last, like, six, seven weeks, since, uh, mid-season, he's giving everyone fits. Uh. I mean, Mike Trout is beating, is beating everyone by himself. It's ridiculous. Uh, so, I don't think, I certainly don't think that first seed is guaranteed to you by any means. I think you'll get it, but, um, Crawford's got a shot. Oh
3: yeah, I, I think I mean, for personally. sure. I think for sure it's going to come down to the final week for the, for the top seed, and and that too. I, I would have to. I, I wish I would have thought to look that up before we went on the uh, went on the air here, Johnny. But uh, I'm not sure when the last time that happened, or, it, or if it ever had has happened before that uh, the the top seed in the league went down to to the final week or final couple weeks of the season. Uh, that that might also be unprecedented.
4: Yeah, I, I could have come with the uh with the stats in hand had you thought of it earlier. But yeah. I think I think the year uh the dogs and I finished one two, it was it was a pretty close record, uh, down to the end. Okay. I do believe. Yeah, I mean personally, I don't have anything further to add wildcard wise, but I think I, I think maybe I'm what, nineteen games behind the cramps right now? So I'm still hoping for that second seed. I don't want to face either one of these wild cards. So, who knows?
3: I thought we I thought we promised to uh, to remain realistic on this show today, Johnny. Apparently, <laughs> Look, I'd be realistic You've gone here. off script I'm, again.
4: I'm this close to the playoffs again, and you want me to stay on script? <laughs> I would never.
3: Uh, well, Johnny. Earlier this week, we had the uh, we had the, the the good opportunity to uh, to sit down for a Q and A interview with our new general manager of the Birch Bay Gooey Ducks, um, Connor Glassy, and we are happy to have him here today. So I'm going to throw it to him right now.
2: All right,
0: guys. We are excited to have with us today Connor Glassy of the. Birch Bay Geoducks. I've uh, been with us just a few days here in the BDL, so I think it's uh, very appropriate, Johnny, for us to extend a, uh, a, a welcome to the BDL from, from TMO here. So, Connor, we're glad to have you on, and, and, and welcome to the Black Diamond League. Hey, thanks,
5: guys. I'm, I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited to be in the league. And just, uh, just so everyone knows, it, it's actually pronounced Gooey Ducks.
0: Oh, okay. Gooey Ducks.
5: Yeah, it's called it like Geoduck, but it's pronounced Gooey Duck. So if you want to cool, pretend like you're a native Pacific Northwesterner, you know, you can say Gooey Duck. There's actually, the Mariners are, are famous for doing great commercials every year, and there's a really funny commercial back in, like, the mid, mid to late 90s where Edgar Martinez is in this classroom, and he, he, he has a chalkboard, and he's teaching all the rookies how to say, like, Gooey Duck and, um, you know, different cities in around the Seattle area that have, like, Pacific Northwest, like Native American names and things like that. He's teaching the
0: proper pronunciation, and it's a great commercial. Cool, Johnny. I would, uh, I would say this show is as educational as PBS.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I think uh, Scotty needs that also because um, we've gone through. Uh, let's see, Tim Leinsicum and uh, Brian Mathews. <laughs> is
0: that right? <laughs> that 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 sounds about right. That sounds yeah. About right. Yeah, it does. Well, uh, again, Connor, we're glad to have you on. Just got a got a short little Q and A here planned for you, and uh, just to kind of uh, get get to know you sort of thing. We'll, we'll talk a little bit a little bit about the league and your background, and and your team, and and your plans for it. But so should be fun. We'll hop right into it. Um, first things first, though, so we have to ask: Are you a convicted felon? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Nope. Okay. The the reason, uh, Connor, that 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 we asked the, the the last guy in in charge of of your team, uh, famously revealed on this show that he is, uh, he's uh, helped me out, Johnny. He's banned from Canada, a handful of states, and at least one major league ballpark. So, right. uh, If if we're harboring a fugitive, it just it would be good to know before we go any further. No,
5: no. That's uh, you're safe here. <laughs>
1: okay. An entire country wanted him gone, <laughs> but um, I guess that, now that that's out of the way, um, uh, we were kind of talking about this uh, before we started recording, um, just how uh, the BDL is kind of intense, uh, maybe overwhelming some new members, um, but uh, you've come in, uh, try to put your own stamp on the team right away, um, what are your initial first impressions of the league?
5: Oh, my, fir- my first impression of the league is that it, is, uh, it's great. I mean, I knew coming in, till I worked with uh, Brent, and so I knew coming in that, um, you know, it was a, a good league. I knew it was a deep league. Um, and, and there's obviously the, the dynasty aspect with the minor league prospects, which is what really excited me about it. I didn't quite, you know, fully grasp the um, h- how intense it is, just in terms of like this podcast and the TV shows and, uh, just the activity on the message board. I mean, you can—I I could tell right off the bat that it was a great league, and that you know it made me really excited to to be accepted into the league. And I'm I'm looking forward to um, you know finishing out the season and then trying to put a rebuilding effort together because th- th- my
0: team is kind of in sad shape right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Connor, uh, you and I actually have something in common with with both of us working in the uh, in the big bad uh, media industry. But uh, while while I personally stuck around in in, in small town America, you know, uh, defending the uh, Public Procurement Act and such against school board members uh, wishing to buy crayons out of turn and all that sort of thing, which I think you've been there too. Um, mm-hmm. You uh, you clearly followed a a, a passion of yours. Uh, relocating from, you know, one coast to another, basically, to to write about baseball for a for a certain national magazine. And tell us, how has covering the minor leagues and amateur baseball so intensely through your work um, changed the way that you approach fantasy baseball? Well, you
5: know, it's definitely given me a little bit uh, a better perspective on things. And, um, you know, I think it, it helps especially in a league like this, to be able to, you know, know about prospects and have conversations with players and, and coaches and scouts and, you know, all of these, you know. Now, this is my fourth year at Baseball America, and, um, you know, so I've been, since I mostly cover the draft, I've been following a lot of these players since they were in high school, and so that's that's pretty fun. I mean, you can see, you know, which players, Get it and, and watch them progress through the minor leagues, and, and you can, you know, sometimes see players that you thought were going to be great, and you know, they they out or they, you know, stall out and low class A or whatever. So uh, it's just been it's exciting and it's a lot of fun to
0: to have that, that perspective. Connor, I don't think anyone's even asked yet. Is this is this your first experience with with a full fledged dynasty league? No, it's not actually.
5: I you know when I first started at, at BA, there was an intern. there was an intern with me, you know, we were interns together and he had a dynasty league and I joined that league, but it kind of, it fell apart really quickly because there was too much turnover. Yeah. And it just, it it was one of those leagues where there was like certain guys who had been in the league forever and then anytime a new person would come in the league, they would just jump on them and try and trade with them. So so there was just a huge disparity between the haves and the have-nots in the league and that's what caused so much turnover, and sure. we pretty much it, it just crumbled really quickly. So, so that experience was short-lived, and obviously, I took over a team in that that was not very good either. And I never got to uh, fully put my stamp on things and, and you know see what I could do to, to turn the team around. So, I'm I'm, little, I'm really happy that this league, um, you know, I, I can definitely tell that this league
0: has it has it together a lot better than that league did. So yeah well I, really, really the bdl's been 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 very fortunate in, in that regard over the years I, going into 2013 next year the, uh, 2013 will actually be our what Johnny, ninth season i believe this overall, is a, um 8 8 yeah. we expanded um to right to 14 teams first uh, and then 16 and and of course went to a head to head format but uh you know we we've we've maintained such a solid core of guys over over that um length of time that uh um, we, we've really been able to, to to fend off, for the most part, a lot of those types of problems that other other leagues this size and of this format have. But uh, I guess Connor, with, with your with your experience having worked at uh, um, or you know, still working, of course, with with Baseball America, are, are are you guys kind of the guy everyone dreads to play in in redraft and keeper leagues? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean.
5: You know, you can you can tell just from watching the big leagues that, you know, watching the draft in the big leagues and watching the, the prospects that um, are ranked and everything like that, I mean, it, it's hard for everybody. I mean, nobody nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows, you know, who's going to pan out and who's not. So, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I like to think that I, I know what I'm talking about with prospects and obviously, you know, <laughs> You know, it's some sort of insight, but I mean, nobody's perfect and nobody's going to hit all the time or anything like that. So I wouldn't, you know, I would say that um, my chances are, are just like anybody else's.
1: Yeah, um, if I go back to, real quick, I want to go back to what Scotty was saying about the, the league here. I think there's mm-hmm. actually uh, only four original members left from that uh, 06 draft. So these teams are, are the only four, you know, Brent, Scotty, myself, and Mark, that, that have had control of their teams um, kind of throughout these years. And I definitely have to give mad props to anyone. The rest of the guys and yourself will come in and, and take over one of these, you know, uh, ready-made rosters for you that you have no say in, um, kind of ready to take over. Uh, I think that's a big deal. So uh, thank you for that. Um, but to get back to Baseball America now, um, and I hope I don't put you on the hot seat, but you got to kind of tell me what it's like working with Brent. <laughs> Does he sit behind you, like, uh, with all his uh, photographs of his ex-players and everything on his wall? <laughs> no, no. Brent actually, I, I have a cubicle
5: in the office, and Brent has his own office with a window. Brent's uh, living large. Oh, in really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm out there with a little teeny cubicle. And, uh no, Brent, Brent's awesome. He's great to work with. He, I mean, he does an outstanding job um, with our IT stuff. He, he's been – we had a guy, you know, that Brent worked under before he got promoted to his, you know, his management position there, and um, Brent's been so much better than that guy. And uh, uh, just in terms of, like, dealing with him, um, the other guy was just really difficult to work with. Brent's, Brent's awesome. He's easy to work with. And I mean, I, I I know virtually nothing about IT, and I pretty much bug Brent all the time with questions he probably thinks are stupid about my computer and stuff like that. But he, he <laughs> and, uh, and, um, he's done a lot of great things with, with our website and uh, setting up all our, our new computers and everything like that. And so yeah, Brent, Brent's awesome to work with. I love working with Brent.
1: Cool. He can't be he can't be that good. I mean, <laughs> somehow we all still have to pay for our subscriptions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why he is that good.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, before we move on, Carter, I think we, we definitely need more information here. Here in this channel, that, I mean, does does he wear flip flops to work or anything?
5: No, no, he's professional. You know, he, he dresses nicer than probably ninety percent of the people in the
0: office. He wears slacks and polo shirts every day. He looks good. Oh, no, this is, is, is Doctor Brent. I know. Is he? I mean, the is Durlitt, he on the verge of is, All is, the is writers up, in the
5: office look like you know. We just fell out of a dorm room. we've got you know shorts
0: and flip <laughs> flops, and we haven't shaved in five days, and i looking sharp so, so what you're really saying is is brent is 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 uptight and on the verge of setting fire to someone's cubicle <laughs> no, no Brent I mean I'm brent having visions of the off office every here. now
5: and then <laughs> <laughs> brent gets Brent gets ticked off every now and then, when you know <laughs> you get here and kind of grumbling sometimes if.
0: You know, if our server goes down or anything like that and uh but no, no, he's great. I love working with him. Yeah, no, I tell you Brent is um Brent Brent is the BDL's rock. He he really is. He's he's the BDL's rock. I, I, I didn't know Brent from from Adam when when um when I recruited him in, in late O five, uh December oh five to uh, to come on and, and, and take an take an upstart um an upstart team when we when we first expanded the league and um, just kind of hit it off with the guy right away and 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 he's he's kind of been my right hand guy here in the league ever since and and I tell you I've kind of gotten a little bit lazy over the years with some of the administrative tasks tasks that we, that we have to to perform here to keep things you know running smoothly with the BDL with uh, you know unlisted prospects and prospect uh, and processing uh, trades on you know. A, Practically a daily basis and such, and I, I rely on him so much more than really I I, I should. <laughs> but he he's always yes. there to, to get to get it all taken care of and and and, and, to, and to make sure that everything. And of course, even from 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 an IT perspective, if you know if something's gone wrong with the website or or, or what have you, he's 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 right there. Or or and especially especially to send hate mail to uh, to CBS whenever they screw up. Uh, he, he's always right on top of that, but uh, no. Yeah, could, could, couldn't make this happen without Brent. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, you need to start taking him, uh, taking him out scouting with you, so he so he understands yeah. what it's like to to visit a, a different city and hang out with guys.
5: <laughs> no, what I've been trying to do is take him to lunch, so we can he can give me the dirt on everybody in the league.
1: <laughs> well, um, speaking of scouting, real quick, uh, I want to talk to you off off of the air. Uh, I want to kind of get into that a little bit, and um, uh, I would love any insight you have. But I'm sure you've been around, so uh, tell us what kind of the best ballpark in the minor leagues uh, you've seen, you know, some of uh, your best times you've had. That's a
5: good question. Most of what I do is, like I said, draft coverage. I mean, everybody at baseball, I just do a little bit of everything, so, like, while well, my focus is draft coverage, I also do some summer college stuff. I do some uh, some minor league coverage. I help out when I can. I do a couple chapters in our prospect's handbook, and everybody helps with the various books we put out in the off season and all that. Um, <clears throat> so I spend a lot more time going to, like, high school showcase events and college games and things like that. Uh, I don't go to as many minor league games as some of our, you know, our minor league, the guys who focus on the minor leagues. Um... But I will say that one of the best, I mean, we have one of the best ballparks right here in town. We're based in Durham, North Carolina, and, and the Durham Bulls Park is fabulous. It's a great park. Um, growing up out in Seattle, I was used to going to AAA games in Tacoma, and, and that ballpark is old and bumpy and Tacoma smells. And so so coming to Durham and seeing this ballpark, it's mm-hmm. all pretty new. I think it's only 10 or 12 years old. It's, it's been great, and I love going to games there. I love You know, it's just 10 minutes from our office, and we get to see a lot of guys come through there. I saw David Price there, Jeremy Hellickson. Um, The Rays came up for, like, an exhibition game. I got to see Evan Longoria take batting practice. That was pretty fun. Um, And then, like, 45 minutes west of here is the Greenfield, where the Greenfield Glass Hunters play, and they have have a really nice game. It's even newer than the Durham Bulls Park, and I think, I heard that they built it, you know, it's low class A, it's in the South Atlantic League, but, um, I heard they built their stadium to, like, double-A standards because they want to eventually get a bigger team in there. And, and that ballpark is just going as well. i seen a lot of really good prospects over there. I saw Mike Stanton play over there back when he was still called Mike Stanton. And uh, <laughs> I, still, I have, a, a like, a collector's cup of Mike Stanton on there, and I love drinking iced coffee at a every morning. So, <laughs> Cool.
1: That's awesome.
5: Yeah, of course. yeah. this is, uh, this is actually a great area for for what we do at Baseball America. I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't think that North Carolina is good for what we do, but for you know, with our main focus being the minor leagues and amateur baseball, it's great. I mean, we obviously have to drive, like, four or six hours to go to a big league game if we want to go up to say, D.C. or Baltimore or down to Atlanta, but for the minor leagues, I mean, we have basically every level of the minor leagues within an hour, hour and a half drive of the office, and... Of course, uh, ACC baseball here with Duke and North Carolina and uh, North Carolina State. You know, I got to see Beth Ackley a lot when he was here, and, and Kyle Seeger, and then uh, Marcus Stroman a lot last year, and so. And then the USA Baseball Complex which is just about 15 minutes down the road, and that is that's where um, you know back when they're doing but the teams were trying, but they also you know train for the Pan Am games, and so they have against there, basically almost year round, where they bring in the top high school players, some of the top college players. They even have minor league players coming through there for various, um, you know, team training and everything like that. So that's also nice to have right in our
0: backyard. Yeah, wow. I, I, actually, actually, where I'm, where I'm located in um, in Virginia, Connor. Um, uh, it's just about four, about four and a half hours, I guess, from from Durham. I've I've been there to uh, to, to visit Brent a couple times, and I've always always meant to stop by. Uh, his work there, and, and take a little tour of your offices, but uh, have, haven't gotten the chance sh- to do that. But uh, uh, that would be a lot of fun, just to kind of yeah, hit, you hit, should. Hit, hit, you'll hit you'll be thoroughly circle, underwhelmed. <laughs> 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 well, Connor, you uh, you talked you talked talk a little bit about about music and your get to know you post on the forum, and I'm 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 throwing this question out there because I, I can tell you for certain, uh, or for certainty that it, that it will come up with the Peanut Gallery eventually. So um, you can only pick one. Rush, U2, or Van Halen? Mm -hmm. Or none of the above.
5: (laughs) No, that's a a good one. And I I like, um, I mean, I like all three. I'm not a a super huge fan of of any of them, but if I had to pick one of those, I would pick U2. That'd be my favorite of those three. I
0: actually, U2 is actually the only band of those three where I actually own any of the music. Okay, slightly disappointing, but we'll let that slide. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I'd, I'd agree with you. They're The only band I've seen live out of the the three of them, and I have no interest in seeing Rush or Van Halen. None. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen both Van Halen and, and, and U2. Um, Van Halen is actually my favorite band, and 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 Mike Polidoro, the the manager of the Rockets, his his favorite band as well. Um, but I'm I'm a I'm a huge U2 fan as well. I've seen them live. Great, great live band. and um, I, I, I do enjoy Rush very much. I haven't had a chance to see them live, but I, I do hear they put on a great show. Uh, Amish Joe, who, who uh, runs the Amish uh, Brotherhood, is is the, the big big uh, Rush fan in in this league. So he'll be uh, he'll be slightly disappointed with your answer, but uh, I'm sure he'll oh. get over it. <laughs> well, hey, can I can I throw a
5: question back at you guys? Sure. Yeah. Okay, because this is the question that that goes around the office quite a bit, and I think I was posed this question the first day I was at the office.
0: Greatest American rock band. That 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 is that's too easy. Yeah. You want to answer first?
1: No, I don't really. I don't
0: really get into all that. I don't have a good name for you. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I'll preface my answer by by saying Van Halen is my is my my all time favorite rock band. Um, but uh, if 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 I had to go on record, and I I know that there are some in the league that are going to disagree with this because I've we've talked about it before, but if I have to go on record with um, with who I think is the, the all-time best American rock band. For me, hands down, it's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Ah, okay. Yeah, I mean I'd have to go with Dave Matthews. So you see
1: where my uh, loyalties lie. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's shift back to the league. Um, have you seen any of the uh, – we've got some changes coming in 2013 and 2014, a uh, little different roster set up. Um, so I'm wondering uh, what you think of that. Uh, if you're not aware, next year we add uh, an additional outfielder, um, and the following year we add a, uh, a corner infielder and a middle infielder spot. Uh, same roster size overall, uh, but what do you think um, about those changes and kind of how maybe that may affect your uh, rebuilding, retooling strategy? Damn, I, th- I was hoping you were going to say you were—you
5: you, know, you were going to switch things around and players would have to collect the least amount of hits and the pitchers would have to walk the most guys and would be in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I was—you know—I I saw, saw something about that on one of the you know, on the message board and um yeah that'll be interesting. I think I mean it's gonna make my <laughs> rebuilding effort a, a little bit that much tougher. But um you know with with this this deep of a league and uh how some of the other rosters are, are configured right now I think it'll help kinda
0: even things out a little bit. Yeah I would I would encourage you Connor to to go on, on the forum there to our um our winter meetings uh, area there on, on the on the BDL section at the top there.
1: Uh, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and, and go into the into the 2011 winter meeting um, forum area, and and you can see the threads that pertain to um, uh, what, what led to to that decision being made. We we um, of course carried a vote on that proposal um, uh, last December. Um, and it it was it was a very thorough proposal that was presented to us by um the Milwaukee Beers GM uh Chris and um ended up getting a, a, a lot of support and, and frankly I was a little surprised um by um, by the amount of support that it had but uh yeah me too but um uh, apparently, apparently that that's more of a a, a popular um uh, roster setup um nowadays in fantasy than than I was personally aware of it. Yeah, I would encourage you to go to go. Just take a, take a take a day and, and and read through all those hundreds and hundreds of posts, and <laughs> you, it'll get you caught up. Okay.
1: <laughs> I would definitely go back yeah. to uh, old episodes of TMO first. <laughs> that's that's way more important. Why don't Why don't we move ahead to your question, Scotty?
0: Cool. Um, well, Connor, let, let's let's play a little game of of over under here for for that. Birch Bay roster that uh, that you've inherited. What what are the odds the following players you currently own are still with the team when the season starts next year? Okay, these are over mm-hmm. under a fifty percent chance that they'll be there. Okay. Okay. Omar Infante. Over. Over a fifty percent chance he'll be there. Nick Marcakis. Over. Victor Martinez. Um,
5: I can see that one kind of going either way. I mean, I think it's going to depend on, you know, if he's healthy or how how much he'll be able to contribute, but I'd probably say over. Brandon Beachy. Another tough one. Um, You know, I'm not – if I was going to trade him, I think I'd be
0: selling low on the guy right now since he's hurt, so I'd probably say over. Martín Prado. I'd uh, under on that one. Okay, First one you've taken under on, I think. And last one. This one probably be an easy one, too. Uh, Matt Harvey. That's over. Yeah, if, that's probably, you know, when I looked at the roster, I was the... The only guy where I was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, f- uh, former, former Jen, actually, I, I, actually, I, I flipped, uh, flipped Harvey to to your predecessor uh, just a few months ago, and it, uh, actually, okay. I think that was in yeah. Well, I forget what deal that was in now, but um, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <thanks. laughs> okay. Um, Birch Bay, the Crystal River Mavericks, or Someone the Double Scotty, you could say. Uh, you could say the name of his team. I can say what? You could say the name of his team. Um, let's see. That was that was Ducks, right? <laughs> 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 uh, say that one more time, Forrest Connor. Gooey Ducks. Gooey Ducks. Yeah. I'm going to be making fun of that name to the end of time. Gooey Ducks, <laughs> Mavericks, or <laughs> or Double Downs. You've had a chance, I presume, by now to to kind of kind of kind of look over rosters a little bit, especially your your immediate comp- uh, competition there at the at the bottom of the barrel. Who finishes dead last this year and wins the first overall draft pick sweepstakes? Oh geez, um, taking a gander at the
5: current standings,
0: let's see. You know, I would think. You're all pretty close right now.
1: Yeah. A gander? Is that like a female, a, a male gooey duck?
0: <laughs> yeah,
5: exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that the Crystal River Mavericks are going to have the first overall pick. He'll be happy to hear that.
1: He certainly wants it. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. All right. <clears throat> you all right, we've well, we we uh, a mascot oh, for college. They are a college mascot. Wow. Yeah. Which college? In my home state. Right when I said that, I was like, oh, geez, the the name is speaking. It's a a very small local arts college in Olympia,
1: Washington. Um, uh, Olympia Technical? No. (laughs) It's more of a, it's not, it's
5: definitely not a technical college. I know someone who majored in puppetry.
1: (laughs) Oh, interesting. Evergreen College. There you go. Evergreen. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, all right, then, uh, last big question for me. Um, I want you to make a bold statement about the Gooey Ducks uh, pertaining to their first full season next year.
5: Okay, well, the Gooey Ducks will not pick. They will not finish in the bottom five next year.
0: Okay. And I think that is pretty bold considering where they are right now. That's that awesome. not I I I would bold. consider that quite bold for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Cool. Good answer. Good answer. Alright, Connor. Final question and we'll wrap this up. Can we get the gnome to make an appearance at BDO weekend in Atlanta next year? Ooh. That'd be tough, you know, because uh actually
5: Right before I came out here, right before I moved out to North Carolina, I decided to go visit the woman whose house that we stole it from. <laughs> and uh, because we, I mean, we had talked. We talked on the phone for one of the TV show interviews, one of the news channels. I was actually—it's funny. Actually, right after I got back from the, the gnome trip, the famous gnome trip. Right after that, I went to—I flew to Chicago with a buddy of mine, and we were going to watch the Mariners play in Chicago and then drive down to Kansas City watching I Kansas City. So right when everything was blowing up like with, the, with all the news channels and everything like that I was on the road and so for one of the TV show interviews they they were trying to get me on TV and I was like I'm I'm, you know I'm in Chicago and they are like okay well how about we film the lady and then we film her like talking on the phone to you. I'm like okay that's fine. So I had spoken to her on the phone and uh but I'd never met her, and I always wanted to kind of meet her, and I was like, all right, I'm moving away. I should go, just knock on the door, and see what happened. So I knocked on the door, and she was was really excited to see me, and we shared a bunch of stories about the aftermath and all that, but uh, the gnome is now locked up, like, in her house. She doesn't have it out in the garden anymore. It is, I (laughs) think, like a shrine to it in her house. (laughs) And so getting it again would probably be pretty tough, but I got married shortly after that trip, and so everyone thought it would be hilarious to get me a gnome for uh for a wedding gift. So my house is kinda of filled with gnomes right now. I probably have like six or eight different gnomes inside my house. And it's a small apartment. So uh maybe maybe
0: I can provide a an alternate gnome. <laughs> that's that that that's fantastic. If if anybody needs to get caught up on this conversation, just uh, uh, go on to the uh uh gooey ducks Section of the BDO board and into Connor's about me uh, thread where he posted a rather uh, lengthy uh, um, uh, introduction to himself there when when he first joined a few days ago and incredibly entertaining story. Uh, yeah, I ruined uh, the whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I, I, have, I have to wonder too. I mean, and, and I'll have to go. You might have addressed this a little bit in your in your post. I would have to go back and look, but. I mean, how how did that that, that that first conversation with her go? Because I, I have to, you know, I have to think that you, you had to come, you know, when when all this exploded, uh, you know, especially with the media, you know, you, you had to have come clean with her before that, I assume, or or at that time, uh, probably over yeah, the phone, well, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, the funny thing
5: is is that, like, when we gave her the whole, we gave her, like, a whole binder full of photos where we took them on, like, basically, we started in where we grew up, like near Seattle, and we drove down to, um, you know, straight down to California, we did it, like, in one shot. We didn't really, we didn't stop anywhere. We just, we had, like, five of us in a van, so we just took turns driving. And we made stops along the way. Like, we first stopped in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, another One of our buddies, like, lived in Eugene after she graduated from University of Oregon and went to stops and hung out with him and, you know, some pizza and stuff like that, and then kept driving, and, um, so when we, when we gave her this photo album, we didn't really know how she was going to take it, you know, if she was going to be, you know, friendly about it, or if she was going <laughs> to take it to the cops or something like that, we didn't know how she was going to handle <laughs> the situation, so my friend printed out all the photos, he actually, like, blurred all of our faces out, so, <laughs> so her, her photo has, like all the pictures of, of where the gnome went, but anytime there was one of us in there, it was like blurry, messy, disgusting looking face, and um, <laughs> so she had never seen me obviously, I mean, well actually she probably saw some of the news coverage of it, so she probably saw us like on
2: the Morning America or whatever,
5: but uh, no, we had never really met face to face, we only talked on the phone that one time, mm. and so i basically just knocked on the door and just said, hey, I'm um, Remember how your name got thrown, that me, you know, I she believed it, because who else would know like, which house it was or whatever, so, yeah, we just talked, and she was like, she called her husband out there, we just basically sat on her front porch uh, for about an hour and just kind of talked about everything, really, and it, it was nice, she was a really sweet lady, and, uh, yeah, it was it's kind of both of our, like, 15 minutes of fame, you know, kind of, you know, a fun story to tell all your friends or whatever, so it was fun to, to meet her into to.
0: Hear her side of what happened with everything. <laughs> That's great, Johnny. Any last, uh, any last follow-up for Connor? Uh, no, I've had about enough.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: it was, uh, it was really good talking to you. Um, saying hello. Uh, I look forward to uh, playing against you and hopefully uh, meeting you at some point. Um, yeah, for sure, guys. Absolutely
0: taking me in, and, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, we appreciate you being on, and, and hope you enjoy your stay in the league, and we uh, wish you all the all the best with your rebuilding process. Thank you.
4: Okay, that was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed uh, talking with Connor. Uh, that was last night we did that, I think. Uh, we ready for running the bases? Let's do it.
2: First
4: base, play. It's all over. Let's do it. Richmond, the Rebels are poised to miss the playoffs for only the second time in franchise history. How will management react this offseason?
3: Mm. You know, um, I kind of think the Rebels are going to stand pat this offseason. Uh, I, I know that they have to be disappointed in their performance this year. They, they kind of had the, the idea going in that they could do a little mini rebuilding project while still contending for the division. and. And while that really was the case, and that did happen, um, uh, they they are what 14, 16 games out of first um, at this this point in the season. But I, I think that uh, the rebels have probably seen enough already from at least at least one of their youngsters that they're counting on for the future. That in Manny Machado, um, who's had a, a, a fantastic first few games in, in the majors after uh, after this, the decision the Orioles made to bring him up was. Um, why, uh, widely ridiculed on on the forum, but uh, he he's had a first, uh, he's had a great first few games, and I, I know that the rebels have to be pleased with that. So I kind of think they're going to mostly stand pat and just unless something blows them away.
4: Yeah, Mark's got to be grinning from ear to ear. That's got to be such a good feeling having uh, your boy Machado come up. Um, I kind of agree with you. Uh, he's, he's been he's been quiet uh, for basically the past year, making moves to get younger. Um, I, I think he'll uh, you know make moves as they come about if he feels like they're going to uh, improve the squad, but um, I don't think he's in any rush whatsoever. All right, let's go to Awatucky. Justin Upton has routinely found himself glued to the Amish bench down the stretch. Playoffs or no playoffs this year, will the up-and-down outfielder be Awatucky's starting lineup in April?
3: Yes. He will because Joe will come to his senses and not deal Justin Upton for peanuts.
4: (laughs) Of course he will. He's 24, and he's, what, his hometown guy. He's not getting traded, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, no shot. That was an easy one. Let's go to Milwaukee. The only franchise to ever win a division with a sub-500 record is about to do it again. What are the odds Chris's 2012 beers join Earns... 2006 Falcons in the category of worst division championship teams of all time. Um,
3: right now, pretty good. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the, we're in the last round of divisional play. So you know, it, as weak as the South is right now, you know, there, there's there's a perfectly good chance that the Bears can can sort of run the table on their division mates to end the year and, and get above 500. Um, but you know, there's. Uh, just as good a chance that that's not going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely possible.
4: Yeah, I do not think they will end the year under 500. They're only four games under. And if you uh, <laughs> go back one week, um, I think uh, I think the beers got swept 10-0 by the cramps last week. Um, throughout the season, they, I mean, to that point, they're an over 500 team. I think that's how they'll end the season. All right, finally, here it is, Bulawayo. Is Mike Trout the most valuable Major League Baseball fantasy rookie in the BDL era? I'm going to have to say yes.
3: I'm going to have to say yes he is and also publicly retract uh, my statements uh, on the forum earlier this year about Bryce Harper being the most exciting rookie in the majors this year. That's clearly not the case. I clearly whiffed on that one although he is an extremely talented young man in his own right. but Mike Trout is just doing unbelievable things on the baseball diamond this year, and I know that it just has to have Craig totally re-energized for this franchise for the future.
4: Yeah, that's got to be sick. I mean, he's got to have the same feeling that uh, Mark does with Machado, probably even to a greater extent, knowing that, He's most likely the number 1 player in fantasy right now at at 820 or did he just turn 21? It it um, doesn't matter.
3: He's 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 still in diapers, and he's, he's putting up these numbers
4: so it's 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 crazy. At oh. all. I was yeah, I was with you on the Harper, you know, argument. It's a shame that um, your boy Billy Hamilton's going to be the second most exciting <laughs> Player, uh, to come up this year.
3: I, I, I don't think you could classify him as exciting until he actually learns to hit a fastball. But you know, we'll see how that goes.
4: Yeah, he's hitting over 300. <laughs> he's got a 400 on base. Yeah, he's he's still in what like rookie league. Come on. <laughs> Double A man, Pensacola. <laughs> uh, that's where they. At that's B-ham where players. That's where players go three. to die. I'm sorry. I keep rubbing it in. Yeah.
3: Hey, um, can, you, can you uh, send me an offer for him later on?
4: Yeah, right. Okay.
3: Hey okay, guys. Glad you uh, joined us again for this episode of TMO. Uh, looking forward to the playoffs. Coming up real soon. So we'll see you guys there. You've been listening to Two Men On. And we're out.